time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Great show on the way today on re-engineering your finances. We're going to be talking about the incomplete financial plan. Are you confident that your financial plan is complete? Well, many people believe they have a solid plan in place only to realize later they've missed some important areas. Sometimes it's something like not accounting for long-term care expenses or overlooking the impact of taxes on retirement income. Well, there are just so many ways, unfortunately, that a plan can be considered incomplete. And so on today's episode, we're going to point out some of the most common areas people often overlook when planning and provide some actionable tips to ensure that your plan is as comprehensive as possible. This is the kind of question asking, the kind of uncovering that Charles does in his reviews of financial plans with clients all across the area. So if you have any questions about what you hear today, don't hesitate to reach out. Charles, you ready to go with today's list of an incomplete financial plan? I'm, I'm ready to go, Walter. Wonderful. Let's, uh, let's tackle it. All right, here's number one. The danger of a downturn in the market is and specifically, we're going to point out in the early years of your retirement. Now, why would that be worse than the later years of retirement? And, and why is that often overlooked? Yeah. So, I mean, if you retired today and the market went down like 20, 30 percent, I mean, obviously you're off to a bad start. And uh, what it's called, Walter, is sequence of returns risk. All right. So everybody wants to kind of make a nice rate of return on their investments. But how you make that rate of return, the sequence in which that occurs is really important once you retire. When you're, you're saving money, like, you know, realistically, you know, your accumulation, you're in the accumulation phase. No problem. If the markets go down, you're probably happy because you're buying, you know, uh, more shares at lower prices. But once you retire, the game changes. So, uh, five years before, you retire and five years after you retire, those, that 10 year period is, is what I call the retirement red zone. And you want to make sure that you, you know, you have money segregated, you know, for income and money segregated for growth. And if you do that, you know, this uh, market downturn won't really affect you in a negative way. Okay, again, so that's called sequence of returns risk. If you ever hear that again, you kind of know what that is. That's that early, early downturn in your retirement years in the market. That can be a big problem for many retirees. We, we obviously plan for market downturns. We think about that. It's top of mind. But a lot of times people don't think about the timing of that downturn and how it could affect you. So keep that as part of your plan. Uh, what about the effects of inflation over time? Is that something that's uh, still overlooked today, even though we've been hearing all about inflation in the news? Yeah, I mean, you know, inflation has really been treadline 3% throughout our lifetime. And now, you know, it's north of 6 And, you know, I don't think it's going to stay north of 6 I think it'll go back to its historical 3%, you know, in, in a matter of time. But, um, you know, you got to, like, create a rising income to cover rising expenses. Everything, every year, everything you buy is going to cost more. So, um, you know, we definitely factor that in, you know, we figure out what your cash flow needs going to be, say, for the next 10 years. We take out like, hey, what's coming in guaranteed in terms of maybe an annuity or Social Security or a pension? We determine your income gap and then we kind of build an inflation factor. And even though inflation, you know, is, you know, north of four or five percent as we speak today, we're just building in the three percent compounded annual rate of inflation. That seems to be, you know, something that, you know, definitely, you know, you can't ignore, but, you know, I think it's definitely reasonable. Okay, very good. Uh, number three on our list of the incomplete financial plan. Do you have one of these in your portfolio, a, an incomplete plan or an overlooked area of your planning? The fact that medical costs are increasing at a rate even faster than inflation. 
Yeah, well, you know, that's a great point. I mean, medical is definitely going up by 6% plus per year. And what we do now when we do financial plans for clients is that uh, instead of saying, hey, you know, Walter, how much do you think you're going to spend each month, you know, for the rest of your life, like starting today? And you tell me, hey, $8,000. In the past, I used to take the 8000 a month, maybe compounded at 3% a year for the next 25, 30 years to determine what, you know, whether your money is going to last or not. What we do today, we take that, you know, extra step where we'll have you fill out a report saying, Hey, you know, where's the money going? Where's that $8,000 a month going now? And what we'll do is we'll use historical inflation of 3% for pretty much everything with the exception of medical. Medical will use 6%. And then, you know, if history's any guide, most people, once they hit a certain age, say, you know, early nineties, uh, they're probably not driving anymore. So whatever they're spending for transportation, you know, that is modified. Whatever they're spending for vacation, that's somewhat modified. So the point I want to make is that, you know, uh, you know, medical costs, yeah, definitely will inflate, uh, maybe twice as much as regular, you know, costs. But, you know, in order to really determine, you know, what your total, I guess, monthly annual retirement costs are going to be, we take an additional step where we ask our clients to take the time, a half hour, an hour to really be, you know, fill out this expense report so that we have a better handle on not just what they're spending, but actually where it's going. Good points there, Charles. All right, we're talking about the incomplete financial plan. Is yours fitting that category after we've gone through a few items on the show so far? How about the possibility of tax increases in the future? Charles, I know as a CPA and a certified financial planner, this is uh, right up your alley. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody will dispute that taxes will go up. We have a $31 trillion deficit. Uh, You know, it's continuing to grow. Uh, But what concerns me, Walter, is that, you know, a lot of people don't have money. All right. Um, I don't know what the statistics are, but I would say, you know, let's just say for this purpose, uh, half the people don't have the money, half the people do. Although I think, you know, more than half the people don't have the money. What's my point? My point is this. The low hanging fruit is your retirement money. That's never been taxed. And uh, the fact that taxes should and will go up in the future because of our deficit, the people that have these you know, large accounts, pre-tax accounts, really should be taking the time to quantify their lifetime tax burden and maybe think about like, hey, you know, should I strategically start prepaying some taxes sooner rather than later, rather than just bury my head in the sand and just wait for, you know, the inevitable to occur? Um, you know, your neighbor, you know, they might not have saved that much and you may have saved a lot. And, uh, you know, the point I want to make is like, yeah, we don't live in a super fair country, but, um, you know, if you just ignore the fact that eventually, you know, you don't own all that account and the IRS is going to come and take their, you know, particular uh, portion of it, you have to like be proactive rather than just, again, bury your head in the sand and wait for better days. Taxes definitely are going to go up in the future. I don't think too many people will dispute that. Yeah, there's no reason to not have that one addressed in your portfolio and in your plan. So uh, keep it top of mind for sure as you move forward. And if you have trouble figuring out how to put it at the top of your you know list and, and, and how to actually plan for it in the future, those are the kinds of uh, steps where Charles really steps in to help you out, not only uncovering these things that we're talking about today, but then actually problem solving for them. 
Now, we've had a lot of changes coming down the pike over the last couple of years as it relates to required minimum distributions, and that's why it slips into number five on our list of incomplete planning items or overlooked planning items in somebody's portfolio, and that's the the challenge that's sometimes presented by those RMDs, and that was even before they started changing the, the dates and the rules surrounding them. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is confusing and, you know, no one's a tax expert per se, not many consumers. And, you know, we even find, you know, some clients that come in, they're not wealth management clients, you know, for the CP Wealthy Group, but, you know, we do their taxes and we find out that, hey, they missed a required minimum distribution. And the reality of it is that's a problem because the penalty is 50%. So if I was supposed to take out 10 grand and I didn't, there's a $5,000 penalty. Now, in the real world, I must say that, Pretty much IRS has been, you know, lenient. And, you know, as long as you take it out, as soon as you find the error, you know, they, they, they won't penalize it. But I think in the future, they've actually lowered the penalty with the Secure 2.0 Act, but they're actually going to like be enforcing it. So that's probably not a good thing. But the biggest problem that I see with RMDs, Walter, is that, um, if somebody needs to take an RMD and they have that money in a stock account, and the market like 2022 went down like north of 20%, they might be taking that money from an account that went down 20%. And if they do that, they'll never get that money back because a dollar, you know, lost to the market and you take it out of your account doesn't have an opportunity to grow again. So, you know, I think what people need to do is they need to segregate, you know, the money in their IRA into two particular areas. One for income, like, saying, hey, you know, you're not going to like make a lot of money like baseball. You're not going to strike out. You're not going to hit a home run, but you'll hit singles and doubles with this particular strategy. So have a strategy for income and take your RMDs from that and then have a strategy for growth, maybe things that you might not need for, you know, the foreseeable future, five, 10 years down the road. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So if you've got questions about RMDs, don't hesitate to reach out to Charles as well, cpweldygroup.com, the place to go, or call 610-388-7705. Here's another one, Charles. The likelihood you'll have a long-term care need before you pass away. A lot of people overlook this planning step because they just don't want to really have to think about it or worry about it, right? Well, I mean, everybody wants it, but nobody wants to pay for it. That's the problem, right? So what we're trying to do here, you know, in our practice is, you know, obviously we want to make people aware of it. And a lot of people have a family member or they know of someone that needed long-term care. So it is on their list. But, um, you know, the reason why most people don't have it is, you know, it's like, hey, you know what, I'll take my chances. And, you know, uh, is that good planning? Not really. It's kind of like the leak in the dike. But um, today, and I think I mentioned on a prior podcast, uh, one of the things that is really, I think, a good uh, tool for long-term care is a life insurance policy. So what people are generally doing is, you know, they're buying a $300,000 life insurance policy. So obviously when they pass away, if they haven't used it during their lifetime, the 300000 goes tax-free to one of their beneficiaries. However, if they need it long-term care, these policies are designed that you can take 2% of that death benefit. So 2% of three hundred grand is uh, $6,000 a month for, say, up to 48 months. So now you have like an asset called a life insurance policy that you can take 6000 a month from for up to four years and use that to subsidize, you know, your long-term care costs. Now, generally speaking, like it's not going to cover it all, but most of us will be getting a Social Security check. You know, we've got 
perhaps a pension or some predictable income coming in. So that's better than ignoring it. And again, like uh, the old type of long-term care, and I have a confession to make, I have the old type of long-term care. My wife and I have a policy where we're basically spending round numbers, $3,000 a year each. So that's $6,000 total for a long-term care policy that will take care of us if we need long-term care. However, you know, once I'm in my late 70s, early 80s, maybe at that point, you know, maybe I do need long-term care. My concern is what it's, what is it going to cost? You know, it's going to be a lot more than $6,000 a year because that's what it's cost currently. And we're still in our, you know, late 60s. Um, so this life insurance policy that really can provide long-term care and definitely a tax-free death benefit, I think for most people that are insurable could be, you know, a potential solution. And lastly, you know, it's just, you know, it's just like moving money from your left pocket to your right pocket. You know, maybe you fund it with 125,000, you got a $300,000 death benefit, and now you're leveraging a long-term care potential, you know, uh, problem instead of ignoring it. Yeah, ignoring it, never a great solution for any of these things that we're talking about on the episode today, that's for sure. Uh, The possibility of an unexpected event is often an overlooked element of retirement and financial planning. These can deeply impact your finances. What are we talking about here, Charles, like job losses, illnesses that pop up, those sorts of things? Yeah, I mean, if you're young, you know, uh, and you have an illness, obviously disability is like really important, you know, disability. I've never really sold much disability. You know, I wasn't really in the insurance industry when I was younger. Uh, I had other insurance agents approach me and, you know, maybe I had a disability policy for a brief period of time, but I just remember they were very, very expensive. But again, like, you know, it's almost like, you know, unexpected event, job loss, illness, you know, if you're ill and you don't have disability insurance, it could be a problem. So it's something to look into. And maybe if you're working for an employer, they have these group plans that, you know, the the cost instead of a private plan would be like a lot more acceptable, so to speak. Um, What else? Uh, You know, if you're retired and like, you know, all of a sudden you're ill uh, and it really can impact your finances. I mean, you can't work anymore. So I would just say like, hey, you know, um, like to the younger people listen to this podcast, like save early and save often, you know, just so if something happens later in age, you have a nest egg large enough to compensate for, you know, that that illness. Um, Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. We've got to make sure that we uh, kind of just look into all of these different moving parts in our plans. And that includes the things we can see and the things we can't see. Uh, number eight on our list, and this is the, the final one, that's uh, our top eight overlooked items in a financial plan, how to pass assets smoothly and efficiently to the next generation, something you're always keeping an eye on for folks, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if people have life insurance or annuities, you know, or IRA plans, there's a named beneficiary. But if they have a brokerage account or a bank bank account, um, a lot of people don't realize that you can go to the bank or the brokerage house and say, hey, I want to make sure that, you know, when I pass away, this money goes to my three kids or wherever you want it to go. And it's called a TOD, transfer on death form. And uh, in the the industry, like a lot of people – aren't aware of it. And a lot of like, I guess, advisors don't promote it because when someone passes away as a general rule, you know, you look kind of like to see the kids come and, you know, continue the relationship. Uh, and, you know, chances are if 
it's title TOD, uh, they probably won't come in because they have no need to come in and meet with you. Um, so uh, how to pass assets smoothly and efficiently, I would just say for everyone on this podcast, hey, make sure that your beneficiaries are updated. You know, annually, I don't know if annually is is really like, you know, uh, proper, but at least every three to five years, make sure that the beneficiaries are intact the way you want them. Um, and again, like, uh, you know, if you really want to pass money to, you know, children uh, and grandchildren, probably the best way to pass it is through a life insurance policy because all that money is going to be tax free. And if I was like a, you know, a beneficiary of a parent's um, inheritance, uh, I'd rather get a $100,000 death benefit from a life insurance policy than a $100,000 IRA that eventually I have to report on my income tax return and maybe pay as high as 25, 30% on the net proceeds. Well, great review of all of these different areas where plans are overlooked. The good news here for Charles, I would imagine, for people, Charles, I would imagine, is that, you know, if they're listening to the show today and they're like, oh man, I had four or five of these things, maybe even six or seven that, you know, I, I feel like maybe are overlooked parts of my financial plan. Shoot, what do I do? Well, you're finding these things all the time in, in people's plans and, and you're able to fix them, you're able to address them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, knowing, knowing what to do is really important. I love planning and, uh, you know, pretty much we all want the same thing to love, to be loved and, you know, to make a difference. And if we can get our financial house in order, we got a lot of like free time to do the things that are really important. All right. Very good. Well, if you've got questions for Charles, pick up the phone, give him a call, go through the planning process and turn some of these question marks into answers uh, in your financial plan so that it is no longer incomplete. 610-388-7705 is the number. 610-388-7705 and online at cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. Thanks for all the help, Charles. Have a great rest of your week and we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Walter. All right, that's Charles Weldy. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll see you next time on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.